welcome to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. May the Word of God be a blessing to you. Connect with us and consider giving online at lifespringchurch.us. Let's go to the book of Isaiah chapter 42. Walk through some scriptures here. I have... I've preached a, a version of this message, I guess you would say. You, you can be seated, thank you. Uh, I've preached a version of this a couple different times, and I've never put it together exactly like I am today and how I'm feeling the Lord directing this. So, um, honey, if you've heard this before, this don't just think we're going to the same place. This will probably be different. Thus saith God the Lord, Isaiah 42 and 5, He that created the heavens... And stretched them out. He that spread forth the earth. And that which cometh out of it. Now I want you to notice what's happening in this verse. Isaiah is describing the God that's about to do some talking. It's like it's, it's his introduction if you will. The one that created the heavens. And literally spread them out. There's, there's a verse that talks about how he flung the stars. I love how that verse, if you really dig into it, shows you that when he spread it out or he flung the stars, it gives the, uh, the meaning behind it is talking about how that he didn't intend on them stopping. Can you imagine God rearing back and throwing something? Our feeble minds struggle to process all that. It's kind of cool, though, this new uh, satellite that's taking these new pictures and discovering these new... They're they're talking about how that they're seeing stars that they didn't even know were there, and it's, it's proving to science that the universe just continues to go and go and go. Well, yeah, that's what the Bible says. I love it when science proves the Bible right. He that spread forth the earth, that literally means to beat it out with the hammer. He got his hands dirty. He formed this stuff. This is the God that he's talking about. Which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. Aren't you thankful he gives us his spirit? I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thy hand and will keep thee. Somebody say he's keeping us. And give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, them that sit in darkness out of the prison houses. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. It's like he autographs it. I will bless thee, I will keep thee, I will hold thee, and I'm signing my name to it. I love that. Man, that just gets me. It just fires me up to think about the God that gives this promise, says, and I'm going to sign it. It's a covenant. It's a contract. You're right, brother. And, And then the same hands that created, carved, and cultivated this magnificent planet and universe are the same hands folks that cradle calm and keep us that and right there we have this contrast 
this conflicting, these conflicting thoughts, if you will, between what we can barely imagine, much less think about. The unimaginable beauty of mountains and rivers and valleys and stars and galaxies. This majesty that's on display, the glory of God revealed that you look at it and you just stand there in awe. And then you try to contrast that with this thought that the goodness of God sees me. Anybody else kind of struggle with that a little bit? That he would even take one second of eternity to focus his attention on you and me. Anytime somebody's getting the big head, you're just like, no, wait a minute. All of this and you think you're all that, you know what? God thinks you're all that. Now, he may not have the same pride mentality that some people have, but he thinks you're worth dying for. Hmm. And, and, and to not just say he loves me and say he cares for me, but folks, the fact that he enrobed himself in flesh, the Bible says that he reconciled the world to himself. Wow. These the same hands that pounded out the mountains could handle nail scars. And then could handle our brokenness. It's so easy to get lost in how big God is. It's so easy to get caught up in thinking about just, you know, 8 billion people on this planet and who am I? My faith wants to believe it. But my human flesh struggles with it. Can we just be real in here today? There's, there's been days of my life where my faith was reaching further than my mind was. Y'all with me on that, right? It's like, I believe God and I believe God's big and I believe God's real, but I know me too. <laughs> right? Well, today is that day. This is the Sunday where I hope it clicks for you. I, I'm, I'm just going to show you some stuff that he's shown me. I, I want you all to know some of y'all, your emotions have been lying to you. Because your emotions tell you things like, I, I just don't feel God. Or I'm just not, I don't think God's listening to me. And we try to put this human thought process into something that's so much bigger than we can even imagine. He has heard your prayers. That's really the message today. I, I begin to pray and, you know, really want to feel after what God wanted me to bring to you today. The, the message is really just this. He has heard your prayer. They have not gotten lost in his galaxy. 
your prayers haven't been spoken and then shoot off into the nowhereness of the night sky. He's heard your prayers. Turn to somebody and say, he heard your prayers. He's been there the whole time. I, I want to take you into a story in the Old Testament. Really cool story. Uh, for the sake of time, I'm not going to give all of every little piece of it. But we're going to go to Genesis chapter 16. This is the story um, you, you've got Abraham and Sarah, Abraham being the father of our faith. And, you know, they tried to take God's promise into their own hands. Right? And they, they thought, now we're too old to be having kids. God, I know your promise says that we're going to have kids and we're going to have grandkids and great grand. We're going to have so many family descendants that we can't even count them. But, um, God, um, we're 86 years old. And... I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we're kind of past that stage of life, right? And, and so Sarah, trying to figure out how to do in, in, in a human way what God promised in the spiritual. Come on, y'all, right? We're real good about doing this, trying to figure it out ourselves. She's like, well, I've got this young handmaiden named Hagar. Now, let's be honest. Hagar gets a bad rap. Right? She didn't have options, y'all. They're in a different culture back then. So Hagar, apparently God is going to have to use you because Sarah's like, I I'm too old for this. And so she gives Hagar to Abraham and we know the story that Hagar conceived and sure enough bore a son named Ishmael. That wasn't God's plan. Now we know later God did allow Sarah to have a child named Isaac and then the rest is history as they say. But in the middle of all of this, I want us to focus on Hagar for a moment. This young handmaiden, this slave girl who was forced into someone else's decisions and in the midst of all this, then Sarah gets jealous and kicks her out. Right? She's on the run. Let's look at verse number 7. This is Genesis chapter 16, verse 7. She's on the run and it says, And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. If you want a message title this morning, I, I think we want to call it a spring in the wilderness. And I got to be honest with you, it wasn't until I got here this morning. I know the name of your church. I do. I got here and I was praying, and I'm like, okay, you're funny. Because how appropriate. <laughs> That this was, I promise you, I didn't name it this because of the name of the church. But God knew what was up. This is your spring in the wilderness, folks. In this life, the chaos that we live in, all the everything we go through, this is a oasis, if you will. There's a reason this is called Life Spring Church. The angel of the Lord found her where she thought in her mind, this is where I have a chance of surviving. 
If I'm going to survive this, she's on her own, y'all. She's been kicked out. Life has now gotten so bad, she's simply on the run trying to survive. And so she finds the only place where she feels like she has a chance at making it. And it's at a spring in the wilderness. That's where God met her. Verse 11, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. You can put it this way, because God heard your prayers. Now God, I don't know why you were listening to my prayers. I'm glad I prayed them, and I'm glad you heard me, but... I'm just Hagar. I went from being a slave girl to being kicked out on the run, running for my life. I was just trying to be obedient. I didn't seduce him. I didn't do it. Y'all, she didn't do anything wrong according to their culture. I know we want to we really talk bad about her a lot of times, but we have to recognize all she did was be obedient. How many of y'all have done things in your life you're just trying to do the right thing and it just didn't work out so well for you? Right? You're just, just trying to help. Just trying to... I mean, that's where we can relate to this story, y'all. And somewhere in the midst of that, she became very afflicted. One translation of that word can mean she became oppressed. She was struggling, y'all. So in our modern day, we could say the struggle was real for her. And she cried out. And somewhere in that cry, God heard her. Her prayers got his attention just like yours do. And I love when we get to verse 13. She started declaring his name. But she gave him a name that no one else had given him yet. We don't talk about this name for God very often. But I want to teach it to you today. Verse 13. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her. Here's the name. Thou God seest me. This is the translation of the name. Okay? This is the English translation. And, and if she would have said it in English, she would have said, The God that sees me. In the original context, though, it's El Roi. R-O-I-I. L-E-L. Second word, R-O-I-I. El Roi. The God that sees me. Is that not just the coolest thing? I love this. She is a little handmaiden girl. I don't know how old she was. Probably, some scholars believe she's probably in her 20s. Maybe younger. On the run, running for her life, she meets up with an angel who says, God's heard you. And then I want you to notice what she then calls God. The seeing God. There, there's this 
correlation between being heard and being seen. Last Wednesday night, was last Wednesday night I preached at New Life? Last Wednesday night, I preached at New Life. After I got finished, we were in the altar area, and there was some uh, younger people kind of sitting toward the back, and so I just walked back there, and there was one particular young lady. I felt like I needed to just give her a word of encouragement, you know, so I just walked up to her, and I said, hey, I'm glad you're here tonight. God's hearing your prayers. It was that simple. I didn't have one of those, you know, Thus saith the Lord, you know, like it was just a simple, I'm glad you're here tonight. God's hearing your prayers. I think I patted her on the back and walked away. Well, I noticed as I was turning, I saw tears. And she kind of had one of those, you know, moments. Just kind of a little Holy Ghost. I don't know how to describe it. But I didn't go back. I just kept walking. She told me later, she said, when you came back there, and said that to me, she said, it broke me and I wasn't expecting it. I said, well, what was it that did it? I mean, of course, I hope, but I wasn't expecting it to break you. Right? That was apparently a good, it was a compliment. She said, I realized I was seen. You've been to New Life. Right? On a Wednesday night, there can easily be 200 plus people there. She had felt lost in the crowd. There's something about being seen and being heard. When you feel like you've been seen, that you're not just a spot on a seat somewhere, it gives you this validation that, hey, you're valuable. Folks, I have come here today to tell you, you have been seen by God. Your prayers have been heard by God. Hagar is not the only one that can call him El Roi. You can too. A few days ago on the phone, Brother Johnson and I were talking and I said, I, I normally don't tell people what I'm going to be preaching, but I trust that while you're on vacation, you're not going to watch the live stream. He was like, do what? <laughs> I said, I want you to go on vacation. We got this. Your, your dad's got this. Your mom's going to say, yeah, we got this. Sound man's going to show up. Take a break, man. He probably is. Told you not to watch. <clears throat> but I felt like I needed to share with him the word I felt for the church. And he was like, well, okay, yeah. Yeah, deliver that one. And then I didn't want a lot of context to it, but he, you could just feel in the spirit. Yes. You've been seen. You've been heard. Now, I want you to notice what she then renames the spring in the wilderness. Verse 14. He had to step out for a minute, so I'm just going to read it to you. Wherefore the well was called... Now, if you look this up in the King James, it's a whole lot of words, a whole lot of letters. Be'er le horoi, which is between Kadesh and Bered. 
The name of the well is the well of the living one seeing me. She's there at the spring in the wilderness that did not have a name apparently. Or at least she didn't know the name of it. But when she met God in prayer, she called it, this well is the well of the living one. Not the dead God, the living God that sees me. Folks, this church, I'll go even further than that, your personal altar at home, your prayer closet, I, you're driving in the car. Whenever you go into prayer, you have went to the spring. You've went to the source of hope for your life. You've went to the one place where you can survive whatever it is you're going through. And when you get there, you can trust that God is seeing you and God is hearing you. That's the word today. Now, I, I got to give the Lord some credit for another thought that he dropped in my spirit today. This is actually while we were, we were praying, I think, or singing, I think we were singing uh, Waymaker. <clears throat> and, and I had a thought that, I got to be honest with you, I have never had this exact thought in my life. So here's the deal. We are filled with the Holy Ghost. Right? The Bible says when you receive the Holy Ghost, you are filled with the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God inside of you. Now this is one of those, it's kind of a Rick thought. This is not some brain-blowing thought, but it blows my brain. God is a Spirit, right? Do y'all realize God can't chop His Spirit up into pieces? It's not how it works. He cannot separate himself from himself. If he has put his spirit in you, he didn't put a second class version. He didn't give you a watered down, separated out piece of himself. His spirit is his spirit. If he put his spirit in you, he cannot separate himself from his spirit. Now, this is going to be gruesome. This is just how I think of this. I can chop my thumb off. And I can give you a piece of my thumb and you'll have a piece of me forever until you go to the trash can, throw it away. And I can separate my... But I have to cut myself, right? I have to dismember myself. Well, here's what happens. When I dismember myself, guess what's going to happen to the, that thumb? It's going to die. It's going to be worthless. When God puts His Spirit in you, He's not chopping off His thumb and giving it to you to die. He's literally putting His life source in you. And then he can never separate himself from that. Which means he's always going to know where you are. He's always going to hear you because he has to always be there. That's the covenant. Now, I don't know about y'all. I wish he'd have told me this a long time ago. I'd have been preaching this before. 
Because he cannot stop being God. So wherever you are in prayer, he can't possibly lose you in the galaxy. He can't possibly lose you among the billions of people on the planet. Because he's bound by his own word, bound by his own covenant, bound by his own spirit to be with you. That's so cool. I, I love these moments like this. I, I told y'all, this is a journey I'm on. I'm glad y'all are here with me. I, I want to wrap this up today with a, a story. A true story happened last year. You talk about blowing your mind. This, this is something that happened that I, I, I never want to forget this. I don't know if I, I may have told this in Carney. I don't know. Last year, I was in uh, Galloway, New Jersey, Pleasantville, Galloway area. It's on the west side of Atlantic City, New Jersey. I was preaching at a church there. The pastor had picked me up at the, at the hotel on Saturday and was going to uh, take me. I, we were doing a loan on the church and they were remodeling. And so he wanted to take me over and show me the property. And so he picks me up at the hotel. And I was staying in one town, and then we were going to drive into the other town where the church was. And as we passed the city limit sign, immediately I began to hear a, a lady wailing, crying. Like, I'm talking like intense, groaning type praying. And it just shook me for a moment. I'm, I can hear this. And, and, and I've had these kind of experiences before, but nothing exactly like this. I could hear this lady crying, and then as he's going down the road, he's talking. I don't know what he was saying. Lord, if I needed to know that, remind me later, I guess. But immediately I went into this vision, and I was standing in the hallway of a small house. And there was a door here to my left, and then a door at the end of the hallway and I could tell the, the lady was praying inside that room. And, and in the vision, I walk down the hallway, the door opens up, and I can see her kneeling down um, on, as you walk into the house or into that room, there was like an old antique roll-top desk uh, where you could tell she had a Bible and some notes and stuff. There was a corner bookshelf. Um, there was a rug on the floor. And the walls were uh, a very interesting green color. And I remember all these details. And I'm listening to her praying. And as she's praying, I begin to hear very clearly what she was praying for. She was praying for her 12-year-old daughter that had been abused by her husband. As I'm hearing this, I turn and I walk down the hallway back to where that other door was. It opens up and I see the 12-year-old girl sitting on her bed crying. The lady uh, was very uh, uh, distinct in her look. She had a very unique hairdo, we'll call it that. I could tell she was uh, some, uh, I would call it mixed ethnic uh, background. And again, very distinct. And I could see her features, her face, her daughter, everything. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, tell her I've heard her prayers. And immediately the vision stops. And I'm in the truck with the pastor. And the first thought was, how am I going to find her? 
Like, really, right? Like, human kicks in. This is that moment where you're like, okay, God, um, I guess you're going to figure this one out because I sure can't. And Sunday morning, I get to church, and I preached uh, a, a version of this message. Um, I, I basically, I told the story of Hagar, and I'm preaching how he's the God that hears you and um, I kind of went in a little different direction with it, but at the end of the message, I, I said, I need to tell you all about a vision I had yesterday. Now, when I told the story, um, I, I talked about how the Lord showed me that there was a bedroom that had been converted to a prayer room. And I, I didn't really describe anything about the room. I just had said, I know it's at the end of a hallway, and I, I heard this lady crying, and she was praying for her daughter who had been hurt by her husband. That's all I said. Um, I walk over, there's like five sections. It's a really unique building. There was five sections of chairs. They weren't very deep, maybe eight rows or so deep. It was really kind of a spread out kind of room like this. I walk over here to this side, and there's an aisle right here. And I look back, six rows back. I had not seen them the entire service. There sat the lady and the daughter. And I got to tell y'all, it shook me. I mean, she's the same hairdo, same same everything, and I realize what's happening. It's kind of like you have that, oh my goodness moment, right? And I didn't call her out. I didn't single her out. I didn't even mention that much about the lady. I just said, you're a mom and you're teenage, or uh, I think I said almost teen, I think is what I said. I, I didn't want to be too specific because I didn't want to embarrass anybody, you know. I walked back to the pulpit and I said, God wants to hear your prayers today. That lady and her daughter stands up, walks down to the front. I watched God bless them. That lady, you talk about a baptism in the Holy Ghost. God just overwhelmed them. It was incredible. People gathered around and I was standing over here at the side. The pastor's wife brings the lady to me and the lady says in a very unique accent, she was from a different country even, uh, where she, she had immigrated to the United States, um, for I think for a job or something. Anyway, she, um, very unique accent. Uh, it was one of those, you, know, you hear that accent, and you're like, I don't know if I've ever heard that accent before. It was kind of cool. Uh, she said, I am the lady you saw. Folks, I mean, I'm broken, right? I was like, yes, you are the lady I saw. I recognize you. I said, now, I got some questions. When you walk in your prayer room, do you have like an antique roll-top desk? She's like, yes, I do. I said, is there like a corner bookshelf kind of thing? Yeah, she said, it's a corner bookshelf right there. I said, by chance, are your walls green? When I said that, she hollered for her daughter who had kind of walked away a little bit. Honey, come here, come here, come here. The little girl comes over. She says, tell the preacher what you call my prayer room. And the girl said, you mean the green room? <laughs> Folks, I, I wish somehow he would do that for every single person. But I don't think he needs to. Because after that, he began to deal with me. And tell me, there are places that I'm going to go, and right here's one of them, 
where I want the people to be told this story so they can know I see you and I hear you. That's the message today. It's so easy to get overwhelmed by all of this creation, the majesty and everything God created to be overwhelmed by the number of people on this planet. But folks, don't get lost in your own mind of how overwhelming everything can be. Just know this, when you go to the spring, He's right there. And whatever prayer you've prayed, this morning, I feel this so strong in my spirit. I really believe the Lord spoke to me this morning and said, tell them to pray again. What prayer would you pray right now knowing God is going to hear you? Because let's be honest, there's been times where we've prayed and we feel like our words are just bouncing off that wall. Not today. Not today. Today, he's listening. He's always listening, but today's the day where you realize he really is listening. Your prayer room may not be a green room, but it's where you meet God. You may not feel like calling your your spring a Bayer Leho Roi, but it's the God that sees you and listening to you, and He wants to do it again right now. This this is the altar call. I just wonder again, what prayer would you pray, knowing God is going to listen? Can you find a place to pray right now? Maybe you just want to sit where you're at. Maybe you want to come kneel at an altar. Find a place somewhere. Today, know this deep within yourself. He is listening. Whatever the prayer is. Whatever prayer it is, pray it again. Come on, mamas, pray your prayer again. Come on, dads, pray your prayer again. Come on, saint of God, pray your prayer again. Don't give up on your prayers. Thank you for listening to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. Join us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit us online at lifespringchurch.us.